0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning and happy Tuesday, security gang. How is everyone doing? I hope your Monday is as smooth as a Tuesday could be. March 28th, 2023, and we've got a packed show this morning multiple zero days multiple stories to keep us all guessing on well not guessing but keep us scrambling looking for better ways to defend and articulate security programs within our organizations we'll be talking about all of that on this morning's show good morning to everyone tuning in we're live on facebook linkedin youtube twitter and twitch what an amazing amazing group of people that tune in and listen on your favorite podcast listening platform. We passed a significant milestone for the show yesterday on our listening platforms, over 10,000 downloads per um, um, uh, per episode, which is uh, unfathomable. I never thought I would get there. Um, <laughs> and I never knew 10,000 people wanted to hear what I had to say. So, <laughs> and find value in this content, but I'm grateful to everyone that tunes in subscribes. Uh, please make sure to give us a five-star rating when you do get the chance Um, And share and comment below. and like everyone that's commenting this morning. Brent, Chris, Tamika, good morning to everyone that's here. Thank you all for being here and with us this morning. We'll kick off this morning with our show tradition. My double espresso, whatever you're drinking to power through this morning, coffee cup cheers. We'll start with this no interaction outlook zero day that Russian APTs have been exploiting since at least April of 2022. The disclosure now ups the stakes for organizations to start hunting for signs of compromise. The vulnerability tracked a CVE 2023 23397 or 7 was flagged in the already exploited category when, Red, when uh, Microsoft shipped the fix earlier this month and Microsoft's incident responders have pinned the attacks on Russian government level attackers targeting organizations in Europe. Microsoft has traced evidence of potential exploitation of this vulnerability back to as early as april of last year the company sent in fresh documentation that provides guidance for investigating attacks linked to the outlook flaw microsoft warned that exploitation of the critical severity bugs leaves very few forensic artifacts to discover in traditional endpoint forensic analysis they're urging defenders in the targeted sector to use an in-depth comprehensive threat hunting strategy to ferret out the nation state hacking teams Microsoft has p- pinned the blame on the Russians, obviously, who have been seen hitting a limited number of organizations and government, transportation, energy, and military sectors across Europe. And in a nod to the severity of the issue, the MSRC previously published mitigation guidance and provided a, a CVE 2023 seven script to help with the audit and cleanup, and now the company is going further with threat hunting tips and guidance for defenders Microsoft is noting that the vulnerability triggers a net NTLM version 2 hash leak that has been abused for initial access, credential access, and lateral movement. They've seen cases of also persistence in compromised mailboxes. So there's a few tips here for defenders. One, review suspicious messages, calendar items, or tasks with reminders that were reported by users. Examine network logging and endpoint logging for evidence of known atomic indicators. Scan exchange for delivered messages with the A PID lid reminder file parameter said hunt for anomalous behavior based on NTLM, webdav, SMB client event log entries, and firewall logs for suspicious outbound SMB connections. Microsoft has also shipped a detection script and is urging organizations to review the output of the script to determine whether an exploit was successful. Because the flaw could lead to exploitation before the email is viewed in the preview pane, Enterprise security teams are urged to prioritize the deployment of this update. This should be top of mind for all of us this morning in the world of Outlook. Have you done this? Um, And if you haven't patched it, we need to get it done. Apple also fixed a recently disclosed WebKit zero day on older model iPhones. So here's the thing about this one. When when you look at iPhone releases, right? We go back five years, people would stand and sleep outside of an Apple store to get the latest iPhone. Now we've all realized they just upgrade the camera now as in a feature or two. So no one loses any sleep over it. We just go to the Apple store and get it. However, you have to view this in the same way. I think we all view these zero days on these devices. All of our employees have work email on their devices. These zero days, these bugs, these older iPhones that potentially many of our team members have could be used and that's how they'll get persistence and access into our network so apple did release the security update to the backport patches that were released last month they're addressing an actively exploited zero-day buck for older iphones and ipads the vulnerability cve 2023 23529 is a webkit type confusion issue that the company fixed on newer iphones and ipads on february of last month potential attackers can use it to trigger os cache crashes and gained code execution and compromise ios and ipad os devices following successful exploitation um, so apple has addressed the zero day in ios 15.7.4 and ipad os 15.7.4 with improved check. this is available in iphone 7 iphone se ipad air 2 ipad mini and ipad touch devices including all iphone 6s as well so this has been patched make sure if those devices are in your uh, inventory they get patched as well we'll stick with apple and now a new mac stealer macOS malware stealing icloud chain and passwords from the chain the new information stealing malware has set its sight on the apple mac os operating system to siphon sensitive information dubbed mac stealer it's the latest example of a threat that uses telegram as a command and control platform to exfiltrate data it's primarily affecting devices running mac os versions catalina and later, running on M1 and M2 CPUs, that's Microsoft's exclusive CPUs. So they're target. They've obviously seen some sort of vulnerability in the M1 and M2 CPUs within these Mac devices, because that's where they're going. They're not going after any of the Intel ones or or Nvidia uh, chips potentially that are available in Mac. The Mac Stealer has the ability to steal documents, cookies from the victim's browser, and login information. First advertised on the online hacking forum for $100 at the start of the month, it's still a work in progress. With the malware authors planning to add features to capture data from Apple Safari browser and Notes app, it's in its current form. MaxStealer is designed to extract iCloud keychain data, passwords, and credit card information from browsers like Chrome, Firefox, and Brave. It also supports. Uh, it also features support for harvesting Microsoft Office files, images, archives, and Python scripts. The delivery of the malware is still not known, but it does propagate as a DMG file when executed. It opens a fake password prompt to harvest the passwords under the guise of seeking access to system settings. So you can kind of see that there as well. Tesla is waking up after uh, Pond to Own in Vancouver had some of the. Most skilled people in our industry, some ethical researchers, unearthed around 22 zero-day bugs in a wide range of technologies, but they were able to hack a model three in less than two minutes. Now I'll say I'll, I'll premise by saying the following. Kia and Hyundai have been getting hacked in a TikTok challenge since the summer. No one gave a darn. But when it's Tesla, it's headline news, potentially because of who drives a Tesla and then who drives a Hyundai in a in a Kia. Just saying. Hyundai and Kia were getting stolen the droves impacting people all over this country with a stupid TikTok challenge which is another reason why we should ban TikTok. no one talks about it here in the Ponte own a two-minute attack fetched the researchers a new Tesla 3 and a $100,000 cash reward the exploit involved executing what's known as a time of check to time of use attack on Tesla's gateway energy management system they showed how they could then among other things open the front trunk or door of a Tesla Model 3 while the car was in motion. The Tesla vulnerabilities were among a total of 22 zero-day vulnerabilities that researchers from 10 countries uncovered during the first two days of the three-day Own contest in Vancouver. In the second attempt, uh, Synactive researchers exploited a heap overflow vulnerability and an out-of-bounds rider error in a Bluetooth chipset to break into Tesla's infotainment system, and from there gain root access to other subsystems. The exploit garnered the researchers an even bigger $250,000 bounty and Own's first ever tier 2 award a designation of the cont- uh the contest organizi- organizi- organizers reserves for particularly impactful vulnerabilities and exploits. So all of that there um additional zero days just shown you how uh, uh sensitive and critical our software supply chain really is. GitHub has rotated its RSA SSH private key after it was publicly disclosed they're saying no information was leaked but this key was updated you want to make sure your devops team is aware of this and that if there's any updates on your end those get done as well yesterday were reported another victim with procter and gamble for the clop ransomware well 130 ransomware victims from clop all because of the fortra go anywhere um parent company that've been fairly silent and in fact been criticized for their silence They've now come out with a disclosure, essentially giving a little bit more information over what happened uh, uh, there. So there is a new statement from them. They should have known better. I mean, you're you're in this business. Uh, communication is the number one thing uh, for sure. I recommend you read my Microsoft doctrine substack on uh, how Microsoft handled when they were dealing uh, with Solar Winds and Log4j. And everything thereafter all they did was communicate with the victims all they did was offer assistance they didn't leave their uh, uh customers and their users on their own and that should be in everyone's playbook communication transparency write out as much information as you can possibly share without compromising the forensic investigation and law enforcement uh, who are helping uh, but but communication is critical in our industry and fortra unfortunately has failed at that with this specific vulnerability i'm sure we'll be seeing a whole lot more breaches reported uh, 130 victims as of right now i think only seven have come forward so 123 to go uh, we'll see the impact there our final story of the day is something very interesting so we've got six branches of government of military today and some experts are calling for a seventh branch just for cyber they're saying that the disjointed. Um, cyber command where you've got army navy and air force all with their own cyber command dod's got some cyber command activities as well nsa's got cyber fbi's got cyber secret service has cyber CISA has cyber tsa's got cyber um i can keep going um i I think who else has cyber doe's got cyber and what uh, a memorandum on march 26th called for uh, to establish a U.S. cyber force, essentially unifying all of those separate cyber forces in one command. Now, ideally, it's a good approach. If you've got a team that built that understands how to defend Navy ships, how to defend Air Force bases, how to defend planes, how to defend critical infrastructure, and so forth, and I think that's doable. Our military has very, very capable folks in it, um, In 2019, uh, under then-President Trump and Vice President Pence, Cyber Force was established, um, and Cyber Force had a lot of support also on the Hill and also in the White House, and so it was pretty easy to get that funded. Uh, According to this article uh, from the record, there's no rush from the current administration um, or the Congress to establish another military force calling U.S. Cyber Force. So we'll see um how how that actually works if that becomes what's your opinion on this i'm kind of torn uh, i kind of want to reduce federal spending but i also don't want everyone spending i don't want i don't want five dollars uh, going five different ways i'd rather five dollars go to one cyber unit that's able to maximize the, 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 those five dollars to get the most out of it so um i really really do believe that we, this might be a good idea i haven't studied this in depth to give you all uh, any sort of valuable opinion on the matter outside of a personal one uh, but but nonetheless i feel like we're disjointed in cyber now kind of feels like uh, and and i don't say this like light light heartedly right kind of pre-9-11 in the intel community where everyone was kind of disjointed doing their own thing very little coordination i'm hoping we get our uh, uh we get in gear and are able to address that um before something severe or, or horrible happens, um, you know, in, in our country. And so if this brings it all together, I'm all for it. Um, I think that's probably a better spend of taxpayer dollars is, is, is orchestrating and centralizing all of our cyber under U.S. cyber, under US cyber force. it also probably be easier to attract people um, to, to join the military at that point when they know they don't even have to go to the Air Force or the Marine Corps uh, or or army's cyber boot camp i'm sure would still have some pt but maybe not the same pt requirements of those being deployed to combat so just saying that as well that's it for our show this morning we'll be back tomorrow 9 a.m eastern right here live check out the latest SISO talk podcast dropping today and i forgot to mention this early on the show don pecca the sister over at fnts will be joining me we're going to be talking about mental health and cyber what how he's working with his teams, how he's developing them, how he's dealing with the stress of the job and so much more. A great, great conversation with Don Pekka. He's always a great guest to have on the podcast. So go check that out. Airs at 1 p.m. Eastern today on your favorite podcast listening platform. And also the video will air live right here on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Twitch. Go check it out there. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, all stay cyber safe.